This guy had it. I had it first. Caleb Calhoun said Nico will be a Heisman candidate in 2024. And he already is. Uh, I don't know that Vegas even had it out that early. And the odds might surprise you a little bit. Uh, I was I was surprised. I thought, frankly, when Caleb said it, there's a little out there. I know some of you on the message board are ripping Caleb, but that's not fair. That's not nice. But FanDuel agrees with Caleb. So let's take a look at those odds. And as we take a look at the odds, it's brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. I'll tell you more about them. But the odds for Nico winning the Heisman plus 1,400. I know some people like me don't gamble regularly but love sports. So explain what plus 1,400 means. Is that a long shot? Is that a sure thing? Is that And how does it pay out? Just explain that so that everybody's on the same page, if you don't mind, Caleb. Plus 1,400 means 14 to 1 odds. So if you bet $100, you win 1,400. So it's it, it's pretty much that. It's a lot easier to calculate the pluses than it is the minuses. Put it that okay, way. So, okay, so I bet on a horse one time um, in the Kentucky Derby that was 30 to 1. And I thought that was a really good middle spot because I wanted to win some money. I didn't want to go. I think the, the favorite was like 6 to 1. And I didn't want to go 100 to 1 because I thought that was throwing away my money. So 14 to 1 to me means it's pretty damn possible. Very possible. And not, for those of you, reach. for those of you who said, I just want to point this out real quick because I got accused when this started of saying this, of just I'm saying a hot take for hot takes for our show. What do you guys think Vegas, which sets lines and has actual financial interest in this, do you think they set lines for hot takes, Dave? You think Vegas is like, let's set a hot take line? No, they set a line to try to get money out of you from it. The opposite no, of a but- hot take line. But no, but I do want to ask some of the people in the message board to be nicer to Caleb because he's getting defensive. <laughs> you don't have to defend yourself. I'm defending uh, my honor. Okay, so what, let's go through the want to go through the Heisman list real quick. I do, and it's brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Look at me, LASIK, and uh, I don't have contacts. I don't have glasses, and it's awesome. And they can do it for you. Cataract surgery as well. The best part, they're local in Knoxville. So they take care of you. That is Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and on. Go to cctis.com, cctis.com. All right. So what do we got? Heisman odds. And as a matter of fact, I'm glad you're pulling it up because for some reason it will not open on my computer. All right. So there's three tied in the lead right now, and they're all at plus 750. One is Quinn Ewers at Texas. I think that's a pretty reasonable one to be tied for the top, right? Um, yeah, but I, again, I want to just underscore how we're talking about a seven to one guy being the leader the in the clubhouse and Nico's 14 to one. That's not a big difference and could change and will change after the Chattanooga game. Yes, I mean, it absolutely will. he'll be more like an eight to one after the Chattanooga game. I agree. So tied for one, all three at 750 are Quinn Ewers, Carson Beck, and Jalen Milrow are all tied for the leader at plus 750. By the way, after watching the Michigan game, I don't think Jalen Milrow should be on there. I think you could tell me if I'm wrong. I think Michigan actually laid a blueprint for how to make Jalen Milrow ineffective. And I think Alabama's going to have quarterback issues again next year if they stick with him. Um, um, they could, uh, I think they've got a pro style quarterback with a, uh, a pro style coach 
with a non-pro style quarterback is what I think. I think you've got to kind of tailor make your offense around him, kind of like a Mike Vick sort of thing. Um, and, and then you got Dylan Gabriel, Will Howard, and then there's Nico. Well, hold on, yeah, I'm going through them. Dylan Gabriel at plus Dylan Gabriel at plus one thousand, and which again, I, I will say that I don't understand how Dylan Gabriel is ahead of Nico. He just transferred to Oregon. And so I, I, that's a little tricky, but yeah, then uh, Nico and then also Will Howard is, he is tied for Nico with the, at fifth. They're both at plus 1400. Will Howard just transferred to Ohio state. I mean, I'm looking at this list. I think Nico should be third. I think he's still being disrespected. Honestly. I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit here. Um, and I don't completely agree with this, but I'm going to throw this at you. Um, he's just on there because Tennessee fans are notorious as a fan base for being one of the most gambling uh, fan bases in college football. That's a fact. And you got to put him up there to take some money. Vegas doesn't even really know if he's a Heisman candidate, but he's a hot name coming off a great showing at the Citrus Bowl. So he has to be on the list. No, I'm saying he should be higher. I don't know how he's lower no, than Gabriel. I'm, well, I'm arguing that for fun's sake, right? That he shouldn't yeah. be on the list, that he's just on the list because he's interesting, got a big name, and had a great day on January the 1st. Yeah, but here's the flaw in that. I thought – okay, and I wanted to bring this up, and I'm going to lay this out for you guys real quick. There's something weird happening with Tennessee in the betting markets right now. So Nico Iamaliava is tied for the fifth best Heisman odds on FanDuel. That same FanDuel has Tennessee at the 16th best odds to win the national title. I'm sorry, that gap doesn't make sense. If Nico Iamaliava is in New York next year, Tennessee is going to be one of the five contenders for the national title. Um, I think he could have a big year and Tennessee could make the playoffs, but I don't know the top five necessarily. Do you, so you think you think Nico Iamaliava is a potential like Jaden Daniels this past year at LSU? You think that could happen with Nico? Because I don't. I think if Nico's in New York, I think Tennessee is. But he could be really good and his team be. Uh, have, have three losses like LSU. Yeah. His team underwhelm. I don't think that Tennessee's going to underwhelm, but I think he could put up the type of numbers to get him to New York and the losses wouldn't be held against him because of Josh Heupel's offense. Does that make sense? Yes. That, that, that's what I was wondering if you thought that I, that's what FanDuel is predicting. And here's why that was so weird to me, Dave. I told Tennessee fans not to worry about Tennessee having the 16th best odds for the title yesterday because I said FanDuel just, they looked at the Vegas odds, looked at Nico's stats and didn't think it was that good. So, because they didn't see the game, I was wrong. They did look at Nico and how he played the game. Otherwise they wouldn't have given them the fifth, fifth best Heisman odds. If they're giving him the fifth best Heisman odds, but putting Tennessee at 16th to win the national title, Dave, I'm just going to tell you, they know something. They know, some, they know there were issues beyond Nico with Tennessee that we may not even know right now. And that is a concern for Tennessee long-term because I'm telling you guys, Vegas, y'all are like, the games are played on the field, not in Vegas. Yes, but Vegas knows more than anybody else. So they're, they're deeply tied in. <laughs> they are deeply tied in. This is why if Alabama and Georgia, Vegas doesn't get fooled by results. I know it's weird to say, but Alabama beat Georgia this year in Atlanta. If Alabama and Georgia played again, Georgia would still be favored. 
You know why? Because as Dave will tell you, and as I will tell you, Georgia was a better team than Alabama this past year. I don't care that Alabama beat them in the SEC title. I'm going to give you three reasons why he's overrated for the sake of debate. Okay. And I think he's about right. So you, you and I genuinely disagree. You would have him higher. I think he's about right. I'm going to give you three reasons why he's, he's overrated in the Heisman race. And you give me three reasons why he's underrated. One, I think he had a big day right before the national, uh, uh, the, the semifinals. And I think a lot of people watch that game are like, oh, I like this guy. He doesn't try to throw it through his receivers' bodies like the other guy. And so I think that's a factor. I think, uh, two, Josh Heupel's offense. Um, and I think, three, Tennessee is a big, big gambling college football program, one of the top five in the nation last I checked uh, with some people in Vegas. So those are my three reasons why he's overrated. Give me three reasons why he's underrated. Okay, so three reasons why he's underrated. One, I think people looked at the stat line from Nico on Monday and didn't actually see the game a lot of times. And they see, oh, he only threw for 150 yards and one touchdown, and that one touchdown wasn't even a touchdown. So they didn't actually see all the times he was hit. They didn't see that he had a running back who is the most useless blocker in the history of running backs and that he had a makeshift offensive line. I think the other thing that makes him underrated is I think there is a belief out there that because of what Joe Milton did this year, that Josh Heupel's offense has been figured out. I think people think, I think there's really? a national belief. Yeah. I think people nationally think that, that I think some people think that because it wasn't just a drop off from 2022 to 2023 offensively. Dave. It was a drop off from Josh Heupel's whole career as an offensive coordinator to 2023. 2023 was his worst offensive year by far ever. So that would lead people to think that, oh, Josh Heupel's gotten figured out after one year. The third reason I think he's underrated is because I think the quarterbacks ahead of him are overrated. I think, not not all of them. I don't think Carson Beck's overrated. I'm with you. Carson Beck looks like a Heisman contender right now. And he looks like a number one draft pick in the future. Quinn Ewers, I'm not low. I, I'm high on Quinn Ewers. But yeah, I think Will Howard, Jalen Milrow, and Dylan Gabriel, I think they're all overrated. I think Dylan Gabriel going to Oregon I think that is solely based on what Bo Nix did this past year at Oregon and not based on what Dylan oh, Gabriel is going to be able to do. No, I totally agree. Good Lord, if Bo Nix can do it, Caleb can probably do it. <laughs> I, remember so, when, I remember when Bo Nix couldn't complete three uh, passes in a row in practice, and suddenly he's a Heisman contender. I'm like, what happened to you? Travis says, let's talk about Heupel's offense. If we run the same stuff next year as we did this year, the results will be the same. Travis is good about keeping me in check for not being too hard on Joe Milton, but I think they ran different stuff because of his limitations. They did. That's absolutely what they had to do. They ran way too many screens, but you're right. We know that it guys, Joe Milton. It's not even the deep balls that were the issue. The fundamental flaw with Joe Milton was he was not sure when to run with it. You know, and again, he needed to run a lot more than he did when he, you're right. I never thought about it, but after watching Nico, he's smaller, but like, he's a way more fluid runner than Milton. Like Joe Milton seems like he should be a better runner, but Nico's a better runner. And uh, there's a difference between lateral athleticism and just straight ahead speed and physical ability. And like, like let's say offensive line, you don't need as much lateral, but there are certain skill positions where you got to be able to flip your hips. And I, I never thought Joe Milton could do that. Yeah, you're right. That's a kind of a issue with his, but then the other one is just, Look, touch yeah, over that, the middle. That's his cross to bear from now on. 
I feel like I've been too hard on Joe Milton. So I wish him best of luck. I hope he's the number one pick in the NFL. But I just told you what I thought about him the whole season long, and it kind of got me uh, criticized a little bit, which I can handle. Daniel says Nico was also doing something Hooker nor Joe did. He's reading the entire field. We talked about that on our post-game show. Um, it was like the third play from the first game where I thought he, he he looked at one receiver, looked at a second receiver, looked at a third receiver. You could see his head move, and then took off and ran. Now, it was called back because I believe it was a false start. But that, to me, I could have turned the game off right then and said, Nico is going to have a great game, and that was the third play. I remember that. And remember how Iowa played. They bank on you being impatient. So they banked of, we're not going to bring pressure because we think Nico is a freshman is impatient and is going to try to get rid of the ball, but he didn't. And that was a big sign. Now, I'm going to be fair to Hendon Hooker. Guys, we don't know if Hendon Hooker could or could not read the entire field. He didn't really have to read the entire field when he was in 2022, right, Dave? His first read was almost always there. <laughs> so well, I, think was... I, I think his first read was a, a lot of times to the X or the Y, and then I went to the slot, and the slot too. Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt. <laughs> yeah, he won the Blitnikoff Award. I think he was open a lot. <laughs> you did, yeah, you been, didn't really have to go to your third read. Uh, Travis says, Nico looks to be the best runner we've had since Condridge. Uh, well, Brent Schaefer. Uh, you'd have Brent Schaefer. Uh, I don't know. I think that's a little strong. I'm, I'm a Schuler guy. I will say this, though, in the Heisman race, that having that duality, the ability to be able to run around, I think helps you as opposed to a pure pocket passer, a la Peyton Manning. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, it didn't work against Peyton Manning because they had no problem giving it to Danny Warfel the year before. Well, no, uh, but I think for the most part, it's sexier if a guy can run around, isn't it? It is. It is. And, and, and even nowadays, oftentimes in college, the pocket passers still show mobility. I mean, Joe Burrow was, was a pure pocket passer, but I think he ran for, what, 12 touchdowns? Was Didn't he run for a lot of yards at LSU that one year? And Yeah. Um, he's not like considered like a Johnny Menzel type or a Cam Newton type. So yeah, that will help. I do think Nico will be more of a pocket passer than your, your traditional Heisman winners of the past 10, 12, 15 years when he does win the Heisman, because I'm still saying he's going to win the Heisman. Um, but the last immobile quarterback to win, it might've been Matt Leinart, I would say. Yep. And I think um, Derek, uh, absolutely nailed this Nico's hips, eyes and shoulder movements upfield is why they're comparing him to Bryce Young. Totally agree. A lot of people say a bigger Bryce Young. So I've heard that before. Um, and yeah, I think there's there's a little bit of And you truth. guys didn't Oh, you're right. And you guys didn't get a chance to see. Oh, okay. I have to go to the message board. Ball fan for life has to be trolling. He's joking. Casey was a decent <laughs> runner. Casey couldn't run 40 yards. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, I got a Casey Clawson. I got a Casey Clawson after you're done uh, pro day story if you'd like to hear it. I'd love to hear it. But yeah, so Nico Nico had the prettiest deep ball. I mean, Nico has a pretty deep ball that you guys haven't seen yet, unless you watch the Polynesian Bowl, because Iowa didn't give him a chance to throw it, really. I mean, they weren't. Yeah, that, that's their, yeah, that's their calling card. You're going to see a lot of that next year where Nico is going to look. A lot of teams played soft on Heupel this year because they didn't want a Jalen Hyatt situation and Joe Milton didn't have the touch over the middle that was necessary. Nico has the touch. You're going to see some beautiful deep balls next year. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. And by the way, unlike with him, where it'll be different from Hendon Hooker, you're going to see a few one-on-one -on -one deep balls, Dave, that'll be thrown to where only the receiver can catch it. You're going to see Brew McCoy well covered and Nico still throw it to a spot 40 yards down the line where only Brew McCoy can catch it. 
I thought on the fly route in the Citrus Bowl, I think it was a Ramel Keaton lost it in the sun, which I'm yeah. not blaming Ramel Keaton. I thought that was a well-thrown ball because it was the outside shoulder, so it couldn't be intercepted. I thought that was a perfectly thrown ball. As You're right. Fact, it was. That, that would be an, an example. Uh, all right. So all right, here's my Casey Clawson story real quick in Pro Day because um, you mentioned the 40-yard dash. So I go up to an NFL scout. For some reason, Casey goes – none of the players go out there. I don't care how ripped you are. Some do, but 95% of the players never take their shirts off, okay? So for a quarterback to take his shirt off is a little weird, unless you're Brady Quinn, right? So I went up to a scout, and Casey did okay. But, man, he was skinny. Caleb, I bet you with your shirt off looked about the same as Casey Clawson because you're a skinny dude. And, I mean, that is a compliment for coming from a fat guy. So – uh but I went to a scout and I said, how did, uh, how did Clawson do? He said, well, he shouldn't have taken his shirt off. <laughs> Has that guy ever seen the weight room? That's so crazy. But like, that is, I did not Very know that. Very true. Like he never went in the weight room. Ever. Well, wasn't he recruited because of his arm strength? Wasn't that like when in 2000, wasn't that the thing they fell in love with him coming from California? Oh yeah. I mean, I thought he had great arm strength. Um, Arms, but arm strength's in the hips. That's true. Arms, well, yeah. I mean, is that why he didn't get drafted? I always wonder why he didn't get drafted because I thought that, you know, I mean, I know the questions were how good is Clawson behind when he's not behind a massive offensive line because even though the receivers were bad in 03, he did have a pretty good pass protection in 03, his senior year, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, no, so. I, I, I thought Casey Clawson should have been uh, drafted. I, I feel like Casey Clawson um, really, really liked football. I don't know that. Well, he's still a coach, and he's having great success. So, um, I don't know. Casey Clawson, to me, is one of the most misunderstood players because there's nobody that would do more for the University of Tennessee and no better road warrior than him.